little bit of housekeeping before I begin. December 14th is my last workshop for the year. That's going to be at Salt and Soul Handstands on December 14th. It's half full, so we're going to do about 30 people in total and 15 have booked in so far because it's quite a big studio. If you'd like to book your place, you can go to saltandsoul.ie and find my workshop there. If you've got any questions about it, let me know. The main question people have is, do I need to be able to handstand to go to the workshop? And the answer is no, you don't. You come to learn, hopefully. The other thing I have, that's all I have going on at the moment for the year. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Small Changes, organic, eco-friendly, certified whole food store based here in Dublin, Ireland with a zero waste ethos. Go and check them out in Drumcondra, Dublin 9. If you want to look at the website, it's smallchanges.ie. The other sponsor I have is The Nature of Things, beautifully crafted essential oils. These are guys that I met about, well, back in February, and I met Benoit again earlier this month. Yeah, we had, had a chat, went down to see his laboratory, you could call it, and um, Benoit Nicole is he's based in the chocolate factory, and he's been doing this for over 20 years, working with the finest oil producers, with perfumers, and now he's got his own offering, which is the nature of things. No nasties, no funny stuff, just pure oil. I use at the I was using geranium, but now I've switched to orange. Orange is uh, it's quite nice to put orange in if you have a studio in your reception area, or your your yoga room, to kind of give yourself a bit of a a boost. It's a, it's a bit it's like when you open up a uh, an orange and you smell the zest. It's it's just like that. If you'd like to get yourself some nice smells or a diffuser or treat a friend to a gift box, then go to thenatureofthings.ie, put stuff in your virtual basket and use the promo code YOGALIFE for 10% off all products. That's valid from September 1st to October 31st, 2019, and it's one use per customer only. If you enjoy this podcast at any stage, feel free to share it with your friends. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be preferable. Um, yeah, any feedback questions you have, let me know. The guest today is Dan Morgan. This is a live podcast and we did it in Yoga Hub. And Dan spent all weekend with me, stayed with me for all three nights of his time here in Dublin. And uh, we yeah, we get on very well. He's a, he's a great guy. He not just is a yoga teacher, but he's a massage therapist. He is a transformational life coach and he goes all around the world sharing his his gifts. So there's much to learn off this guy. I hope you enjoy it and without further ado, here's Dan. Um, hello everyone. Hello. hello. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Hey Dan. Hey man. <laughs> I never know how to start these things. So I'll start with, how are you? I'm good, thank you, man. Yeah, it's been a long day, but a really good day. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. How's your day been? It's been good. I went to two of your workshops, which I'd, which I'd highly recommend. Oh, <laughs> no, we did, um, yeah, we did, the first one was like a, a play workshop, and the second one was FRC kind of mobility stuff. Yeah. And um, I think the, the, I'm seeing a lot more of that coming in, coming into yoga. 
Actually, quick show of hands. Put your hand up if you're a yoga teacher. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Caroline, what's that? The Queen's wave. <laughs> uh, put your hand up if you do yoga. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. That's good. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about yoga. Just that you know. Hope <laughs> the clue is in the name. Right? That's okay. Um, but yeah. So F FRC, Dan. Actually, I'll let you explain the FRC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So FRC is. Oh, we've got to stay on the old mic. Functional range conditioning. So it's basically about learning how to develop mobility. So increasing your flexibility and the range that you have, but then also how you then control the range. So often, for instance, in like in yoga, we'll hold postures and it's passive flexibility. So we're just using a strap to pull ourselves in or using our hand on our foot or using gravity to help us do the stretch. And the way that FRC works is you start to use your muscles to control the range that you have. So as well as getting more flexible and mobile, you start to get more strong. So you're developing strength with the mobility. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's filling in the kind of the missing gaps of some yoga practices, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose it's commonly known as mobility, isn't it? Versus, yeah. versus <coughs> flexibility, which is what we do a lot in yoga. But I really like the point you made today about flexibility being like the first step, yeah. the place to start, because then you have that range of motion, although it's like passive. Uh, we've gone quite technical already. Uh, so this won't be a technical podcast. And But then once you have that, then you can be a bit more mobile and active in that range of motion. So I really like that, actually. I'm going to steal that one from you in, nice. my, in my classes. Because <laughs> I, I like to teach FRC, you know. Yeah. Um, so let, let's start with, because some people here teach yoga. Great. And obviously, you're, are you 26? 28. Close. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, old I'm now. <laughs> Getting on. Um, how do you actually start doing yoga? Because you're like, I would say you're known for your handstands and impressive arm balancing. I think, I think in the Instagram world, that's, that, is, that captures the eye. You know, people like to see things that look impressive. Mm. But, but did, you, did you start that way in yoga? Did you come from like gymnastics and then go into... So the journey. The journey. The journey. Um, so I started with meditation when I was 17. And that was kind of to combat anxiety and depression. So I suffered like really, really badly with both. So it was my mum that introduced me to the yoga world. Um, so she took me to a, a yoga class in a village hall uh, with people that were about three times my age. And I absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> it was really, really slow. Um, and what I considered to be boring at the time. And I really enjoyed things like mixed martial arts, climbing, snowboarding, anything slightly more dangerous. So it was like the polar end of the spectrum. And I wasn't really <laughs> ready to invite that into my world, I guess. But the mindfulness aspects, the meditation, the breathing was what allowed me to kind of get a handle on my anxiety. And then when I got a handle on the anxiety, then depression Im improved. And then it wasn't until I'd say two or three years later that I started to discover people like Megan Curry, Dylan Werner, Shiva Ray, all these sort of more, I guess, for lack of a better word, strong practices. And I was like, okay, the yoga asana practice can be exciting as well as having all these other elements that kind of allowed me to improve my life. Mm -hmm. And then it grew from there. So you were a teenager when, like, yeah. when you started with the meditation? Yeah. Okay, cool. And what part of, what's your practice like now? Because I know when we were, so Dan is staying with, myself and Rach for the weekend and 
we left him on his own today for a little while <laughs> in, the, in the house and he had all kinds of contraptions out like but uh, he had his massage balls out, rubber bands and this kind of thing. Yeah. So what do you do? What's your kind of go-to thing in the morning, for example? So when I wake up, I'll roll out a mat or I'll be on a carpet or, or whatever. And then I'll just wiggle and move. So people that have kind of been in, the, in my workshops this weekend have kind of experienced a lot of that. So I'll come into tabletop position and do some cats and cows. I'll move my spine. I'll wiggle a little bit in down dog. So basically just kind of like a check-in with my body. Yeah. And then often what I'll do is like a, a reset. So it's based around breathing and positioning your pelvis and your spine. So kind of getting you back to ground zero after being asleep in strange positions all night. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll tend to do a bit more breath-based work and then I'll meditate. Yeah. And then I'll move a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, my movement practice in the morning is really slow and subdued and mm. chilled out and more about like a, a starting the day mm. and you've, you've, you've you teach a lot less vinyasa now do you than you, than you used to than i used to yeah um so you know, way back when um so when i first started i was teaching i guess between 16 and 20 something classes a week vinyasa so sometimes six classes a day inclusive of privates right and then when i started to teach more internationally then the classes naturally kind of stopped. Yeah, yeah, you've got <laughs> and, to make yeah, time. Yeah, moved more into the world of workshops and teacher trainings and CPDs and this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then last year was, for me, too full on in terms of work-life balance of like five teacher trainings, two or three of them were intensive, two of them were modular, like 14-ish 14, 14 countries. So it was just like really intense um so then this year i've kind of reintroduced three days a week back within regular communities teaching regular classes seeing the same people week in week out which i really really love mm. so i'm trying to find the balance between the travel stuff and then the the local classes yeah well actually i want to talk to you about that because i am a like I, 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 when I teach yoga, I do it all in Ireland, and I basically don't I haven't. I've go I've, I, now. I'm starting to go around Ireland, but I think the idea of being able to travel with your teaching is is quite appealing, especially mm. when you're you're first starting out. Um, how did that come about? Because, um, like, to, to to network and to get yourself to teach in different countries is, I imagine, is quite challenging. So, how did that step happen? So, <coughs> the uh, one of my good friends was the assistant on the teacher training that I first did in Costa Rica. So she was assisting the teacher training. So she became a really, really good friend. And then she was teaching some workshops out in Stockholm in yeah. her hometown when she was, I guess, like a year on from my training. And she said, you should come visit and hang out. And also I'm teaching some workshops. Do you want to teach some handstands? And I was like, yeah, sounds great. Mm. So I was just putting that on my Instagram, not as you know, anything really. It was just kind of like a friendly hangout that we taught a couple of workshops together. And then someone in Ireland saw that I was teaching in uh, Sweden. Was and that Carol? So no, so it's yeah. a guy called Kevin um, and Sarah Corey. So they're like both wicked teachers mm -hmm. um, near Limerick. And um, they're good friends with Carol. Okay. Um, and... So they sent me a message and Kevin thought initially that I was American. So he was like, oh, this guy's not going to, yeah, full forward. The, the gene. 
I guess. Shirt. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, he was, he said, oh, he found out I was Welsh and he was like, you should come here. It's like, you know, super close. Yeah. So they invited me out and hosted me and got all their regulars to come. And it, that was sort of my first independent weekend of workshops. Yeah. Um, so I taught, you know, two on a Saturday, two on a Sunday. And then off the back of that, I met Carol. So, so she, Carol, just anyone know, yeah, Carol, yeah, Carol is, well, she, I met her on my advanced teacher training. She's, she's based in Cork, I think. Phenomenal teacher. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that she's kind of a mutual contact between us. But yeah. then you, you met Carol. Yeah. So Carol attended. And fortunately for me, the Sarah and Kevin didn't tell me who she was because she's an incredible teacher with crazy amounts of years of experience. And she, walked into my first kind of solo workshop so <laughs> Sarah kind of just introduced her as oh this is my friend Carol and I was like oh, okay great and then I find out at the end of two days of working with these people that she's you know Carol Murphy you know 20 years of teacher mm. teacher teacher experience and 10 years of teacher training experience so I was really pleased <laughs> I found that at the end not at the <laughs> yeah. start um, but then yeah she invited me to teach um, certain aspects on her teacher training so an inversions module and then some of the teaching methodology. So that kind of then led to me being involved with my first teacher training. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one opportunity of collaborate, collaborating with a friend mm -hmm. led to then me sharing it on Instagram, which then led to the second invitation, mm -hmm. which led to the third mm -hmm. and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. And it's kind of just been a spiral yeah. since. And just, yeah, because on the flip side of that is there's a lot of people I've talked about this before in the podcast there's a lot of people that start off teaching yoga and they want to do it for a living but um, they find it hard to, to network to, to meet people to put themselves out there mm -hmm. and I think that it's a great position to be in where you're like oh I have to be in this country and I've got too much too much on you know and that you had to cut back on classes yeah. but making that step is, um, is is very difficult I mean for me every everything I've Every opportunity I've had, I have initiated it. Mm. No one has ever said, hello, I've seen your, your, whatever, your website and would you come to our studio? I've been the one that's basically pitched mm. them. And then, but then I think then once you do that at the start, it kind of starts to snowball a little bit. Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because from collaborating with other people, they know the people and, that, and that's how it goes. Um, and it does look, when you look at your, actually I want to talk to you about Instagram in a second, but when you look at your Instagram, it does look pretty glamorous. But is there something that we, like, what is the, the downside of, of traveling a lot and teaching? <laughs> Get the pen and paper out, man. Um, <laughs> it's really tiring. Um, so different time zones is knackering. So you're sat, because I don't, I don't fly business, I, I fly economy. So obviously we've all experienced being on planes. Yeah. And especially longer hauls, like, you know, seven hours, eight hours plus. And then adjusting to a time zone and then teaching sometimes a workshop the same day that I land after being on a plane for however like travel time of 12 plus hours mm. is then you've got to demonstrate things like you know a front split or a handstand or whatever and you're not really awake <laughs> your body's been sat in a in a plane seat for a long long time you've had plain food you're really dehydrated so mm. it's kind of then turning up and being really present for everyone that's been kind enough to come and pay and attend and wants to learn from you so it's making sure that you're switched on you're ready to deliver what it is that you said you're going to deliver mm. when you're kind of a bit tired. Yeah. Because with my schedule and, and life and finances, I don't really have time to kind of turn up three days early and get accustomed to the time zone and chill out in my hotel. Often I'm staying with hosts on like 
sofas or I'm lucky enough this time with a bed. Um, so it's, it's, no, it's, not, it's not always glamorous hotels and this is, sometimes it's sofa surfing or sleeping bag on the floor or whatever. And then sometimes it is really nice if I'm doing more of a, a corporate gig or I've been invited out on something bigger when I like taught in a festival in Dubai. Mm. That was all put on by uh, Dubai Holding, which is the crown print. So it was like, that was like my, Blimey. that was a lovely event, you know, and, and hotels and all this sort of stuff. Was, so that for me is like the luxury end of stuff. That doesn't often happen. Yeah. Um, time away from family, from friends, from my girlfriend. So it's like balancing work life mm -hmm. with life life. Mm. So last year, you know, away for six weeks at a time can like put quite a stress on life back home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but like, but also public speaking. I mean, like public public speaking is difficult, mm. I mean, and it's um, and when you're not feeling, when you basically when you don't feel like it, you still got to do it. Yeah. For, if you get through the first ten minutes, you, you're all right. Yeah. Generally speaking. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, often it's like the energy of the group that then gives me personally the lift. So like the the pros 100% outweigh the cons. Mm. So as soon as people are in the room and you start chatting to people, because I love talking to people as they arrive, as everyone found out, <laughs> speaking to people whilst we were waiting. And it's sort of, then once you build a connection with the group that's going to be with you for the weekend, and you start to find out who they are and why they're there and what they want to get from it and, you know, how excited they are mm. about being there, then everything else is forgotten. Mm. So the, the plane journey doesn't matter and... It's kind of what about like cu cultural stuff? Because I, I had someone message me last week and they were like, <laughs> I listened to your podcast, I really like it, whatever they said, XYZ. And then I, I found out they were a teacher in the UAE somewhere mm. in the Middle East. And I said, um, Oh, well, I could come to your studio and teach, but she said it's women only. Yeah, so I was like, Well, I suppose I won't then. <laughs> um, but have you did you come across anything like that where say, yeah. like you know, you can't shake hands or you can't, certain things you couldn't do. Yeah, so you've got to be obviously aware of differences in culture and religions. So like hands-on assists in, in certain countries, you just, it's always a check-in. And generally speaking, it's a check-in with the studio as well. So I always ask like, what is common practice? But yeah, in, in the UAE, in, um, in Doha, in Abu Dhabi, there are separate sex classes, separate sex classes. And then they're also mixed. So there's loads of expats in the community. So right. it'd be exactly the same as, as teaching here. But it's just, just, just the same as anywhere. It's sort of like respect for the country and, and the people in it and, and their culture. Yeah. And kind of meeting them mm -hmm. where they are. So sometimes that's watching your language or, mm -hmm. you know, or hands-on assists. These sort of things, yeah. Because if people don't know, Dan is uh, not just a yoga teacher, but he's a massage therapist. And also you do life coaching uh -huh. now and um so so touch is a big part of mm. your your services and uh, um so that that is something to consider and it's like i've had adam Husler on here before if you're not sure who he is but he doesn't do hands-on assists mm. and i've kind of gone that way now whereas i don't really touch anyone just because mm. the 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 kind of social environment where if you touch someone and they felt it was inappropriate it could kind of spiral out of control and then your reputation is is uh tarnished 
Mm. Um, so I've gone the complete other way where I'm just not like this, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't assist anyone. I'm like, just turn your hand. And I'm kind of sh- sh- like hovering my hand over them, but I don't want to. And I, I think now that's too much the other way. And I, I, I'd yeah. like to kind of get back into it. But um, actually, just on, on transformational life coaching, uh-huh. right? This is um, something that I'm, I'm interested in because I listen to a lot of life coaches like online mm. and and you know when you like listen to motivational videos sometimes you know like to kind of get you going and stuff um how did, did you you what so what was your introduction to life coaching so i had a coach so a guy called mo Mastafa. yeah so he was someone that i knew from cardiff so he trained in the same gym as me and then we became friends initially and then i found out he was a coach and then that was actually during my transition from leaving my career as a promotional events manager into moving back with my parents to to give the yoga thing a go and working like six or seven days in a cafe and in um, various studios around Cardiff with the aspiration of becoming an international yoga teacher like the likes of Dylan Werner, all this sort of stuff. So I just sort of in general conversation was just saying that and he was obviously subtly coaching me without my knowledge. And he's like, interesting, I work with people that, you know, have similar aspirations in their fields. So then I signed a coaching contract with him. And then a lot of that was surrounding like mindset and limiting beliefs and these sorts of things. And then, yeah, through the, through the coaching process with him, I went from seven days, six days a week in a cafe and five classes to 20 something classes, no days in the cafe and teaching around the world. Okay. So what were your, what did he Mo identify that were your limiting beliefs? For, for example, you don't have to be like too. That, that it was possible that I like had the right to go and be an international teacher with the amount of teaching experience that I had. So did you, did you have a complex that you were too young? Too, uh, too inexperienced? Not too, not so much a complex, but yeah, like a, a, a niggling in, in the back of my mind of like, yeah, am I too young? Am I too experienced? What, you know, why me more than, than any other teacher? You know, mm. am I capable of doing it? What can I share? Do I have enough knowledge to do it? And then the list goes on. Yeah. Can I afford to do it? How am I going to balance this with life? Move out of my parents, make enough money, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then what, so what did he tell you that kind of, was there anything he said in specifically that was kind of like, oh, wow, that's a eureka moment. I, I can do this. So the, the way that coaching works is it's not so much that they tell you what to do. So it's a common misconception. So that would be a mentor. So a mentor would say, this is what I did to become successful. Right. So Dan, go away and do these five things by the next time I see you. Yeah. Whereas a coach will be like, well, how would you like to do this? Mm-hmm. What would you like to do? How do you see it? So it's more and more about targeting and direct questioning to get a clearer picture first of what it is that I want to do, right. why it is that I want to do it, and then exploring all the ways I could do it. Mm. And then what will happen is as I'm exploring all the ways I could do it or why I want to do it, I'll start making up my own excuses for why I shouldn't do it or how I couldn't do it or why it's not a, not a possibility mm. to which he would then question every single one of those excuses. Mm. Is that true? Are you sure that's true? What's another way of seeing it? Mm. So it's just basically like holding a big mirror up to yourself mm. and going, here's all your bullshit. <laughs> here's all the lies you're telling yourself. And then one by one, picking them apart until you have no excuses left not to act. So then all you can do is act and take action. Yeah. 
I suppose that is that's your own internal narrative. That's your, your what you're you're telling yourself in your For head. Sure. Yeah. But even I noticed that when I wanted to become a yoga teacher, I would have. So again, another story. I was in a yoga class, hmm. rolled my mat out. This is up in um, in it yoga. They're closed down now, in the Rings End. But I I was sitting there next to like a really senior teacher, and I had um, I think I I was. No, I hadn't been made redundant from my job yet. But anyway, I was there, put my mat out, and I said, I've just started doing teacher training. Like, really, I was buzzed up, you know, like wanted to tell her because she was a really well-established teacher. And she goes, um, do you want to be a teacher? I said, yeah. She goes, don't give up your day job. She goes, you can't make a living teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. I said, fuck. Oh, I said, okay. I said, fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i got to make this explicit now on iTunes. Um, and I was, I was gutted. I was really gutted. That really took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, yeah. um, for months, I kind of thought, maybe she's right. And she was saying, no, I supplement this with another job. Mm. And then I realized eventually, it takes a while, that she was projecting onto me. Yeah. She, w- she was saying that she couldn't do it. Mm. And therefore, therefore, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And, um, but it took me ages to, to get out of that. And turns out now that she's actually a full-time teacher now doing retreats and the whole lot. So she was obviously telling herself that. But that, that is something that comes up a lot in life. Mm-hmm. And it could be someone you really love, like your family member who will say, why do you want to do that? And then you go, oh yeah, well, why should I do that? Um, and I think that is why the, the life coaching interests me. So what, what do you do now with people then? What, like, what's your, um, so you're doing, are you doing this now as a living? Yeah, so I now yeah, coach, yeah, yeah it's part, yeah. part of my living, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I guess it's a similar-ish process to the, the one I went through, but it's always completely individualized. Mm. So sometimes it will be that someone just comes in and they don't have any self-confidence. So it's then it's just generalized limiting beliefs about who they are as a person and what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, or unpicking, you know, like if someone's having more of like an existential crisis of like, oh, I'm in the wrong job, I want to do this, but I don't know how to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. Again, sort of exploring what those options could be. Because right. sometimes it's not possible for people to sack off the day job and go and chase their dreams because it's not financially viable. They've got, yeah, you know, a husband or a wife and kids. And there's pressures for a mortgage and all these sort of things. So the transition would naturally need to be slower. Mm. So sometimes the trajectory is not as quick as they would want. Mm-hmm. So it's always individualized for the, in, for the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, around limiting beliefs, confidence, chasing the dream, quote unquote. Yeah, actually, that's a good point because it's not, I'm not saying that, by the way, if anyone's kind of misinterpreting, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a part-time yoga teacher if that's what you want to do fantastic mm. but for me for me my hand was forced because i was made redundant so i was like well <laughs> i suppose this this kind of working i used to work in artificial intelligence like with, with like software programming and stuff like this and i thought this this and i would never i always felt like a bit of a fraud so mm. my hand was forced yeah. i didn't i didn't leave a job <laughs> they left me <laughs> um <laughs> i forgot to invite me back in for monday um, so then I thought, right, I'm going to give this yoga teaching thing a, a try. And, um, mm. so yeah, you can, like, it doesn't have to be all or all or nothing, but I think it's a case of realizing that it's not just teaching yoga. Mm. It's the website, it's the Instagram, it's, um, descending the emails, doing your own posters, starting the conversation with the person. You, you know, there was a new studio opened, open here, uh, they're opening in two weeks actually. 
But um, I, I actually walked in there to speak to them. Mm. You know, I thought, sod it. I'm not going to send an email. And you, 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 you've got to do things like that yeah. to take that moment of discomfort. Um, but talking about Instagram. So what, oh, I've got one thing to say. So yeah, yeah. so what you were saying then. Yeah, go on. <laughs> really, really interesting in terms of uh, all of those things you were saying. And then on like a, a, a more global perspective with, with the coaching stuff is it's allowing someone to see what their responsibility is in their situation. So half the time, if we're not doing something or there's not something that we could do or all of these sort of things is we'll make excuses and we'll start pointing the finger at everything and everyone else as to why we've not achieved what it is that we want to achieve or do the thing that we want to do. Oh yeah, I'd love to be a yoga teacher, but I can't afford it. Okay, why don't you save? Uh, because uh, I've got to get the new iPhone, right? So you'd rather buy a new iPhone than do your yoga teacher training. So you start to unpick Mm. all of these excuses and the reality of the situation is is the responsibility that you take to craft the life that you want Mm -hmm. so if you want to be a yoga teacher accept the responsibility of all the other things that come with that lifestyle good and bad Mm. so it's examining the bigger picture of all of these things that people say they want but do they really want it Mm. how much do they want to work for it how much will they sacrifice for it because it all surrounds the opportunity cost so if you give, you know, 20 hours of your day doing something, that means you can't give 20, of it, 20 hours of your day to something else. Mm-hmm. So it's always looking at everything that you do in, is it directed at getting you where you want to be and where you want to go? Mm-hmm. So watching Netflix for 10 hours, not entirely beneficial if you want to study and pass for an exam. Mm-hmm. So it's always examining first, okay, what do I have control over? So circle of influence, mm-hmm. what are all the things that I could be, possibly doing in order to make that happen and where am I wasting time worrying about things that I can't change Mm. wasting time doing things that aren't beneficial to the things that I want to do and I think that you need someone sometimes to do to to, as you said show that mirror in front of you because in modern life now a lot of us sometimes we live on our own we go to work on our own we we do so many things on our own Mm. if when you work when you work for yourself and you're a soul trader, you're a yoga teacher, you are on your own so much. Mm-hmm. So what I find myself doing is I actually talk to myself. I'm like, now nah, come on, Kev, you know you should be doing that. Not, not like, but I'm, I'll actually G myself up going, now nah, don't have a, have, a, have a cup of tea yet. Stay here on, and at this for another hour and get this done. And you, because you don't have someone else telling you to do that. Yeah. Um, and then you have to think about how do you prioritize your time? Mm. So sometimes we think that being on Instagram, for example, is a good use of our time. Mm-hmm. But is it? Do you, or, or for example, should you be on Facebook? Do you need a website? Do you, you know? Yeah. Um, and now what I've noticed is, because the stage I'm at really is trying to, uh, I should don't even know what stage I'm at. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know that Instagram has been very helpful for me, but, um, but you, you haven't, and it, you haven't posted anything on Instagram for like six weeks. Which, More than that, man. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Months. Months. Okay. Months. <laughs> well, Months. On, on, my, on, on the grid. I've posted on the story randomly from time to time, but yeah. On the grid. Okay. Now, if anyone is not really in, into Instagram, uh, they might be thinking, ah, whatever, no big deal. But if, imagine, think of it this way. You have your own publicist in your pocket. You have your own marketing team in your pocket. Mm. You can follow anyone. It's not like Facebook where you've got to add, a, add them as a friend and wait for them to, you know, because Facebook's a bit creepy. Like if, some, you, if someone adds you and you don't know them, you're like, ooh. But on Instagram, you can follow anyone. Yeah. 
I, I've like met so many people that I would never have met if it weren't for Instagram. Yeah. So it is an amazing tool, but like any tool, it can be destructive. Yeah. Dan, why? <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found I found what the the more that you're drawn into that world, the more time you spend on it, and then the more time I was wasting on it. So it wasn't just like go on Instagram, post the photo, do the caption, respond to the comments because you have to do that apparently for the algorithm to to get you more likes so it's just like it's just very achievement based and like how many likes can i get on my photo how often am i going to check that the likes have gone on it do i need to respond to the comments within the first hour all this shit and just we're just swearing now like <laughs> fuck shit there you go just, I, <laughs> I just became disillusioned with it the for instance, you can, you can go onto my profile and most of it's handstand photos because I discovered that if I post uh, challenging postures, it gets more likes. If I take my shirt off, it gets more likes again. And I just got bored of, of doing that to, to get a response. And, and then that detracting from the social engagement that I could have with people in my life. So I'd be sat with my friends you know, at a cafe on my phone responding to comments of a photo that I didn't really care about. So I kind of put it on the back burner. And as much as it's given me some great opportunities, I don't feel still currently like it's something I want to engage with. And I've kind of now, we were chatting yesterday, I've kind of now made more peace with using it as, a, as an educational tool and sharing things that I would share in my classes or sharing little snippets of things that I would share in my workshops. And then, you know, not worrying if it's filmed on a potato or the next high definition camera that you need to have apparently in your life to be happy of just sharing useful information that I would share anyway. And then if it gets one like or if it gets 50 likes, I couldn't care mm. in the nicest way that the people that see it hopefully will benefit from it. And hopefully that will inspire a different what positive effect in their life, in their practice. Mm -hmm. And then if that leads to more work and more opportunities, then great. And then if it doesn't, I've still done something positive. Mm. Whereas I've kind of lost the love for posting posed shiny photos yeah. to get likes. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think there is a part of me that at the start, I want a validation to mm. be like, to like see me, see me doing things. And uh but as you said, sometimes you have to ask yourself why you're doing it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I worked for an AI company, artificial intelligence. So we, 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 we were all in, we understood how software is designed in the social media market to keep you on, the, on the, the device itself, on the app. So for example, with Instagram, say if you post a picture and in 10 minutes you get 50 likes, they don't show you those, those 50 likes in that 10 minutes. They drip feed you them throughout the day. So you get, they'll send you like five likes and then uh, an hour later, they'll send you a few more likes. So you keep checking your phone because the dopamine response you get, the hit, the feel good factor you, f you get is the same for one like or six likes. So th this is something I think it's good to be aware of if you're going to use this tool, uh, mm. how it's used. If you're going to use it, try it, as you said, to be, to inform. Mm -hmm. uh, or to do something that's useful, but understand when you're on it mindlessly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, but it's difficult, sorry Dan to interrupt you, but it's difficult because it's like the more you then use it, the more you find yourself on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horses for courses though. It's, it's, if, you, if that's what you like, if you like 
taking the shiny photo and enjoy sharing that side of your life with the people that follow you then it, there's nothing wrong with it but it's sort of like being honest with yourself of am I doing this because of some need that I need to fulfill in me or the or is it a business necessity mm-hmm. or is it actually I could be sharing something positive and I want to do that so it's not like a right or a wrong mm. it's just recognizing why you're doing what you're doing and if you're doing it for a good reason mm-hmm. it's kind of what at least for me yeah yeah, you've got to have that conversation with yourself. Mm. Um, so I will be back. You'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, doing, I think doing instructional stuff is, is good. Um, does anyone here do online yoga, like online classes, like Aloe Moves or Yoglo? Oh, a couple of people. Because um, mm. I think I, I've learned so much from, from Yoglo. Mm. I have learned, if you're a yoga teacher, get yourself on Yoglo. Um, it's like 15 quid a week. Now, it's not going to substitute public classes because it's nice to be with other people. But especially as a teacher, you'll get exposed to teachers that you never normally would. And it just gives you a more diverse toolbox mm. for when you're teaching. But have you explored that? Because I would love to teach online, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm a nobody. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, yeah, you're not a nobody. Yeah, yeah, you know, certainly thanks. Do you want some coaching? Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so how, what roads have you have you looked into that online? Yeah, so I, I've been saying to myself and, and others, I've been designing um, online handstand programs for the last, I guess, coming up three years now. But they've always ended up taking a backseat to things like this. So traveling or in-person work, I say. So it's kind of been this slow back burner that I've, probably made too many excuses not to finish um so it's just carving out the time to finish it but yeah i think it's it's like you said i don't feel that it replaces in-person options but i think that some people can't don't have the time to drive however far to a yoga class attend the class shower drive home so it's it's a much more immediately available Mm -hmm. and also for instance like you said, there's a whole host of information out there that as, for instance, someone that's new to yoga, they can maybe develop a little self-confidence that they feel good enough in their practice. They know a little bit, they know what a down dog is, that they could then step into a, a yoga class in public and not mm. feel self-conscious. Yeah. And then immediately they're going to get more from the practice or like teachers of like you're running drive for inspiration and then you can go onto a platform that's got 50 incredible teachers and you can be inspired <laughs> and, you know. When you say inspired, you mean <laughs> steal. steal their stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I do that all the time. No, um, I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but as, from, a, from a business point of view as well, if, you're, or if people see you online, they're like, I feel like I met this geezer already. Mm. You know, they, they've heard you talk, you've been almost virtually in their living room. Yeah, for sure. And then when they see you in real life, it, it, it kind of takes away that awkwardness of what's he going to be like? Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, hopefully. <laughs> from a, also from, a, again, a, a revenue point of view, if you want to make a living being a yoga teacher, that's what they call passive income. You do something once, like a video, you put it behind a paywall where people pay a small amount per month, mm-hmm. and then you constantly get income for that. So as opposed to teaching a public class, you get paid for it and you've got to do that all over again. Mm. So this is something called passive income. Um, oh, something I should, should, should be utilizing a lot more. 
Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like, say, for instance, I teach a, a, a weekend of handstands in Sweden and I had finished the handstand program. I could be like, oh, if you really enjoyed what you did this weekend and you want something a little more structured, mm-hmm. you can go onto my website and my programs are there. And here's a 20% discount because you came this weekend. Exactly. Yeah, then great. And then you've, you've made 15 times the, the cost of your handstand program, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely something I will and should finish up because <laughs> I'm, as, I'm coaching you now. <laughs> Dan, why are we not doing this? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> as as a yoga teacher, it's well, I guess anyone self-employed really is is exploring what all the avenues are for making an income and utilizing them all as much as you can. And that for me, I guess, is the is the gap. I do public classes. I do one-on-ones. Um, I do workshops i do teacher trainings i do cpds so that would be the next logical step Mm. but i think it's it there's no immediate reward and there's no guaranteed reward so you could spend hours and hours and hours you know really really trying to nail these programs and these classes and you know put them out there and then no one buys it (laughs) and you're not getting paid for those hours and that's the risk you take Mm -hmm. but it's i think being realistic with carving out enough time to do that in your week and maybe that's something i need to look at mm-hmm. but yeah in all honesty for me it's been the priority has been being out there in the field doing the thing mm-hmm. and seeing what works and what doesn't mm. and i think now that through youtube and instagram it's going to kind of be sharing snippets of the best bits that i found to actually work in person because mm-hmm. it's all well and good sharing here's a here's a drill for such and such a thing but you can't then go and check that the person understands it or that they're doing it correctly mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind yeah, of, yeah, I know that's the, that's the, that detachment. Yeah. Um, it's trial and error. I, I, w- I will say though, recording yourself speaking like we're doing now or videoing yourself makes you so much better, not immediately, but <laughs> at, at communicating. Cause I listen to myself back editing this podcast. I was cringing because <laughs> I'm, I'm like saying things like like, or do you know what I mean? This, this lazy language. Yeah. And when you record yourself you start to hear those things and you, mm. then you take it out of uh, your, hopefully, how you speak in class. Because if you get good at public speaking or if you want to get good at public speaking, it yeah. makes everything in your life better. You can, being a good communicator makes every single facet of your life better. For sure. Whether it's that relationship, whether it's your mum, whether it's with the, you know, your boss or, or, the, or your students. Um, but this, and this is why not just audio, but video is so good as well. Mm. Well, you can see how you carry yourself, mm. you know, uh, cause I've, I've recorded so many things in my bedroom and just like not put them out just cause I'm too like embarrassed, you know, like, <laughs> I can't put it out, but it, but I've, I don't realize it, but at that time I've learned something. Yeah. It's a fantastic Oh, oh I, I, I play, I like put my head on my hand on my hand on my head a lot. And I kind of look like a monkey when I do that. I shouldn't do it. I'm like this. <laughs> like Lauren Hardy, you know, I shouldn't do that. Or it doesn't. It, well, it doesn't make you know. Yeah, it's it's a great tool to to analyze how you are yeah. and how you teach and how you'd come across. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's also not getting because it's, it's very easy to be swallowed into the wormhole of over analyzing yourself <laughs> and then becoming yeah. almost impersonable and being like a bit of a standoffish robot that like mm. you're over measured. Mm. And then does that detract from you just being you as a teacher? Mm. So I think it's, yeah, like for sure it's great to, and it's great as a tool in, in watching your own practice of sort of like, oh, 
when I do X posture or when I do said thing like you were saying of how do I do it? I didn't notice that my left elbow goes out all the time. That might be why my shoulder hurts. Mm-hmm. So I like videoing your practice rather than being like <laughs> hypercritical, but more as like a self, self-tutoring tool yeah. is really great. But yeah, it's, um, I was, when I was teaching in Dubai, I was a bit nervous and it was like the first, first big festival I'd done. And I was teaching a, a handstand class and I thought that I would be in some sort of tent being in Dubai in May, that it would it's like <laughs> incredibly hot. But no, lo and behold, I turn up and, and then the main stage is just on the beach. And I was like, okay. A so Welshman I, in Dubai in May on the beach. <laughs> but not for me. I was thinking this, this is going to be a shit show. Like everyone's trying to do handstands on the sand. So anyone that's tried to do anything on sand realizes how hard it is to do. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, oh, so I had to like within five minutes change my whole class. So that was like point one of like it being a handstand inspired class, <laughs> building towards a handstand that definitely won't happen on this beach yeah. in the next hour and a half. Yeah. So there was that to contend with. It was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> People doing like yoga under umbrellas. So anyway, <laughs> so I got on stage looking out at hundreds of people. And then I had a good friend of mine, Neha, she was she's kind enough to come and demo for me. So she's a local teacher out there. So I just sent her a message and she said, yeah, of course. So that made my life easy in that I could just queue and walk around and keep an eye on people a little bit. Whilst, yeah, she was doing the class. But <clears throat> she came up to me afterwards and she was like, what do you think of it? How do you think it went, Dan? And I was like, yeah, I thought it was all right. I was like, quite pleased with how it went. She was like, yeah, I thought it was perfect. And then there was like small clips I saw of me on like, you know, Instagram on people's stories. And it was like every other sentence. Perfect. Raise your arms up. Perfect. You were saying perfect. Breathe out. Perfect. Touch toes. Perfect. Downward facing dog. Perfect. They're like, if you said perfect one more time. (laughs) Fucking perfect. (laughs) So yeah. So what you were saying in terms of recognizing nervous habits or phrases that you use too much probably could be irritating for some people in the class mm. so that was definitely a, a learning lesson for me yeah but also like perfect's better than you know some other words that i could have been saying all the time yeah but it, it is good for noticing your, habit, your habits and uh, and that that's what i like about the podcasting thing because mm. i i'm developing my like in a indirectly and developing my skill to just talk essentially you know um <coughs> But um, should we, should we, we're going to keep it to an hour. Should we open up to the... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people have pads and pens out. Um, <laughs> Very serious. Does anyone have a question? Hi. Caroline. Um, I was just wondering, do you still see your life coach? Yes. Yeah. So, so say that again. Do you still see your life coach? No, so I, so I haven't seen Mo for a while. So since I moved from Cardiff to Brighton, um, but it's something I'm considering in the next sort of couple of months. So I'm, I'm still paying off a massage course that I did um, earlier this year. So once that's clear, I think it's definitely something I will invest because as we've highlighted this session <laughs> with, with Coach Kevin, <laughs> that there's, there's areas of my life that I could be doing more with. Like I'm happy with where I am. So I've, I'm definitely content with, with what I've done, but I think there's certain areas that I could examine that, you know, maybe if have like taken a little backslide, if, for instance, online teaching or building that sort of stuff. So yeah, if anyone's considering a coach, find the right one. Um, and whether or not I'll work with Mo again, a few of my other friends are coaches and, and no coaches. So then it's like going through the process. Often coaches will offer like a chemistry session where you kind of check in of, 
are they going to be the person that motivates you or challenges you? Because for me personally, I want a coach that's going to call me out of my shit and be like, yeah, you're a bullshitter. Like, that's the biggest excuse I've ever heard. Why haven't you done what you said you were going to do last week? So yeah, whether or not it will be Mo or someone else, but it's going to happen in the near future for sure. Yeah. You. You're welcome. Cool. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Cheers, man. Done. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that live experience with a real alive studio audience um, yeah it's always fun doing them I plan to do another one next month with Patrick Beach fingers crossed I'm chatting to him at the moment trying to sort that out this podcast was brought to you by Small Changes organic eco-friendly plant-based whole food store here in Dublin refills, juice bar zero waste ethos check them out in John Condra Dublin 9 if you'd like to learn how to handstand and you're around on December 14th then come to Salt and Soul in Sligo it's a lot of S's with myself and 15 others there are so it's half full at the moment if you'd like to book your space you can go to saltandsoul.ie find my workshop book yourself in and if you've got any questions about that feel free to get in touch with me also, share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed it, if you found it was entertaining or youthful. Um, and please do share that and leave a review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Anyway, as always, thanks so much for listening and I'll catch up with you next week.